0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the PHNX d podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia. Of course, I'm your mayor, PHNX, and I'm joined by my vice mayor, the one and only Thunderstick Jesse
1: Friedman. Derek, we're audio only today. It's sort of a strange concept after, after being in studio so much the last couple of weeks. It's a throwback. It's
0: a throwback already. It is you a know? throwback. I, I don't, I don't, I don't,
1: I don't hate it at all. I don't hate
0: this. Uh, but of course I do miss having our normal viewers with us. The listeners, of course, this is no change to your experience. The viewers though, we miss you guys. Of course, this show is brought to you by the fine folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use our code of PHNX to get uh, a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Jesse, we have the draft coming up, which we are going to be doing our uh, coverage of. We've talked about that a bit, but we're going to dive a little deeper into what the Diamondbacks might do uh, with that second overall pick. That's very important to them. Of course, we do have an Arizona Diamondbacks off day, and that's, that's never great for us. That's not good for business. Uh, We don't know what to do with ourselves on an off day. Uh, We were supposed to play paintball. I do want to let everyone know Jesse was going to backdoor his way out of it. He claims (laughs) he has a friend that's coming into town.
1: I have a friend who is literally going to be waiting for me at the airport for like two hours going to the staff meeting. And if I played paintball, he would be waiting there for four hours. I'm a better friend than this, Derek. You should should know this by now of all people. I know.
0: I know it's why I always claim that I'm going to have you at my deathbed. Jesse, you're loyal. Uh, I can, I can trust you with the financial documents and making sure that money gets where it needs to go. There's a lot of things about you that is, is a good friend, but definitely your, knack at picking people up at the airport you're also a good you like you drop in on people when you know you have a lot of friends in a lot of states that you drop in on i imagine this is why you don't have a lot of time to watch movies or television shows is that is that (laughs) where i'm getting at i i still (laughs) i I still wonder often how you as an individual have avoided so much
1: pop culture media in your life (laughs) it's almost impressive (laughs) Oh, it's 100% impressive, Derek. I am fully aware of that. (laughs) When people ask me, like, you know, what's the most interesting thing about you? Or like, what's your biggest accomplishment? I'm pretty sure the rightful answer to that question for me is that somehow I have avoided, like any understanding whatsoever of 98% of the movies that people talk about on a daily (laughs) basis. And, And it's funny, Derek, because here I am, you know, working professionally full time as a podcaster, where you all are stuck listening to me every day, mm-hmm. and and the person that I podcast with, this this lovely man Derek Montilla, literally has seen, at least from my standpoint, has seen every single movie that has ever been made on planet Earth, as far as I can tell. It's um,
0: wild! It's wild how many movies I've seen. It's it, like we couldn't be at further ends of the of the spectrum when it comes to that. I have talked in the past about my dad being a GM of, of hotels. Right. So is that what it was? I'd, is that
1: how you wound up watching? You just sit in honestly, hotel rooms that's, that's a table.
0: It, it's a big part of it. The reason why is because one thing you might not remember or recall something that doesn't really happen in modern day. Well, I think they still do it right. They still do this, but like it used to be a big deal when you went and stayed in a hotel room for you to be able to watch movies that were in the theater in your hotel room. You could order them specially. Really? And you could watch them. Now they cost an arm and a leg typically at a lot of hotel rooms back in the day, right? Like you're talking about maybe a $20, $30 purchase to watch a, a, a movie that's in the you know theaters right now in the, lo- in, in the comfort of your hotel room. However, Jesse, I was the bratty son of the GM. So guess what? I got to watch them shits for free. I got to watch them whenever I want. And As a matter of fact, even when I didn't watch them at the hotel, my dad would record them on a VHS tape and bring them home so we could watch them at home. So that is yeah,
1: that is we, all we, kinds of illegal, Derek. I'm pretty yeah, sure. I, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I,
0: maybe I don't know. We weren't. <laughs>
1: you we weren't profiting off it so i think that's fine but that's I, fair. I, I don't that's know fair. about the
0: rules there i don't know about the rules there um at least me watching in the hotel room that was i know that was perfectly legal uh and i watched all the movies yes folks all of them all of them if you know what i'm saying uh but uh that i also like that i think i think that's a big part of why i really got into movies right like i you know there there was this instantaneous ability to watch stuff that came out in the theaters good or bad right like so i didn't have to worry about whether or not it was worth the money to go to the theater and see it Uh, but then like i think that got me down the road of going to the movie theaters and going to stuff more my dad eventually ended up in woodland hills in california and it's very close to like hollywood and burbank and such so that like that just expanded my love of movies it really did because you know to go and see where they make the movies at it was especially I was like nine, ten years old. Like that's, you know, that was incredible to me. These, these places already had kind of a, a special place in my heart. Uh, But then to go actually see the theater or like, you know, I didn't, didn't go on a lot of lots and stuff, but I did go to universal studios, a whole bunch, which I've talked about before. I have uh, actually
1: been, I have been to universal Studios. Whoa, you've done that. I've done that. There's a thing that I've done. (laughs) <laughs> now
0: see that's an experience we can share. What is your favorite part of Universal Studios? Like, what was did you like anything there? Was there anything that stuck out to you? Um, let's see. So, because there aren't uh, there weren't a lot of rides back in the day. Yeah. No. thing I always tell people is Universal Studio was mostly like stage shows, and mm. then there was the tram. Which the tram was kind of a ride. It took you through the backlot tour, and then it also had crazy stuff that happened on the backlot tour that was. Essentially, like a thrill ride.
1: yeah, I the backlot tour was pretty epic. I remember really enjoying that and just how they would, um, you know, the way that they make it rain on on movies or the way that they simulate you know like airplanes blowing up or different things like that seeing that up up close and in person is pretty wild um I do remember going on the Harry Potter ride for whatever that's worth and I remember waiting in a line for a stupidly long time in order to do that (laughs) um and of course in typical me fashion Derek I am here I am you know waiting for hours in line to go on the Harry Potter ride and and guess how many of the Harry Potter movies I'd actually seen at the time. Oh, my God. I had how not many? seen any of I had oh my not God, seen any just of the Harry no, Potter movies. No, but, no, But since then, since then, I have seen the first Harry Potter movie. So, <laughs> you know, I figure if I if I continue at this rate, Derek, by the time I turn 50, I think I'll have seen all of them. So we're that's, on a we're on a good, good path pace. here. That's a good pace. <laughs> what were your thoughts on the first Harry Potter movie? Did you enjoy it? I did enjoy the first Harry Potter movie and and I, I frankly would enjoy watching the watching the rest of them as much as uh, uh, I, I tend to not spend my free time, you know, sitting in front of my TV as a couch potato, uh, taking in various films and things. But, uh, but I would enjoy whole game for three and a half whole hours. Somehow, wow. somehow I will. I am I am one strange breed, Derek. That is for sure can I ask is
0: I don't want to dive too deep into your history, but did you, were Uh you just not, did you guys just not watch movies when as a family, (laughs) like where, how, how did you not watching movies come to be a thing?
1: Yeah, we, we really didn't as a family. Um, and yeah, I'm curious what, uh, what listeners think about this. You can, uh, you can chime in on Twitter and tell me how weird of an upbringing I had, but, um, we really didn't, um, when we were hanging out as a family, um, you know, occasionally we'd play games. I, I wouldn't even say we were like a huge board game family either. We would watch a lot of sports, though. We would watch a lot of sports. And so I think that's probably... or Even more than that, though, we would listen to a lot of sports. I didn't have cable growing up. And so I spent an absurd amount of time listening to Greg Schulte and Tom Candiotti on radio broadcasts, listening to Al McCoy and Tim Kempton on Suns broadcasts. Um so we did a lot of that but uh but yeah really no one in my family i would say is really a movie person but i am sure. probably uh i probably take the cake as being the person who has seen the fewest uh the fewest things out there
0: Well and and you grew up a, in a in a time where you had this team and all these teams in your life right like i that's something that i think generationally is different between the two of us uh when i was young All I had was the Suns, and, and even when, you know, I was, I was still young, like the Cardinals moved here in 88. So I was seven years old when the Cardinals moved here, but like my dad really wasn't on board with the Cardinals when they moved here. He did not, he really hated the fact that they, they kept the Cardinals name and could not get over that for a few years before he got on the, uh, on, you know, on the train with being a fan, but like the Suns. I can understand where you come from, where you, when you say that, because the Suns were such a huge part of my life when I was a kid. And I'm sure a hundred percent, I've talked about this before, but my favorite night in it, in the entire week was, was when I got a Suns game on a Friday night and I'd go outside and play basketball in my front yard until the Suns game started. And then I would go in and my mom would almost 100% of the time order pizza uh, and then I got pizza and a son's game and I was in my own little child child version of heaven because it was perfect. I'd go out and shoot more baskets at halftime and then I'd come back in and watch the second half. But like the sons were it for us. And I mean, we, we did have those moments uh, where we gathered as a family around and watched uh, the sons and everything. My family is weird, but like, I'm kind of a late kid, you know, I'm, I'm like six and seven at times, seven and eight uh, years younger than my two older siblings. So I, I often joke that like my family was done having kids before they had me. And then I came (laughs) around and it was like, Oh, well, what do we do with this guy? Right. You know? So, but, uh, I don't, please, please, please don't shed a tear for my childhood because I had a blast. I was, remember I was in, I was just talking earlier. I was in hotel rooms getting to watch, uh, you know, premium movies for free and, drinking virgin pina coladas so that's probably where my love of the og's pina colada flavor developed jesse and now it's
1: just
0: (laughs) just part of my dna uh speaking of which of course don't forget to check out our friend at og's and their wonderful brand new pina colada flavor which is a uh wonderful combination of pineapple and coconut not only that but they have a wide variety of flavors and that is what og's is about flavoring life uh flavoring edibles to make them taste Good. Make them something you enjoy taking uh, as well as the experience that they provide. Uh, OG's has that variety of flavors. They have a variety of strains available as well as a variety of doses, uh, no matter what you're looking for. Uh, Start off with the three milligram microdose and go from there. See how you feel. Uh, Those are, uh, it's, just a great option. There's a great option. And that's one thing I suggest. Sometimes it doesn't sound like 10 milligrams is a lot, but it might be way more than you're ready for. So, uh, check out our friends at OGs, their flavors, their, uh, different, strange, everything they got. Uh, you can find out more at their website at ogsbrands.com or on Instagram at OGsbrands. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands. Uh, find them at your local dispensary, or if you can't, check them out online to see where you can get them near you uh, must be 21 years or older to purchase. Also, Jesse, uh, we just got a new batch of uh, four peaks brewing company beer in the office, which is very exciting. I, I, I love the day that these guys walk in uh, for some reason, inexplicably, I, I can't understand how or why this lined up, but when the PHNX Suns crew returned from Las Vegas, They also returned with cases of beer that Jesse and I had to help empty out of the car. (laughs) I don't understand how those things lined up, Jesse. Like, come on, you guys were already on a road trip driving back from Las Vegas and you still found time uh, to stop and get beer. I mean, heroes, they don't all wear capes, Jesse.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I think they went to Vegas with an absurd amount of beer. And I uh, believe they okay. just, I and believe they returned they
0: back with them what was left over. That, see, you're always thinking, you're always thinking, that's why you're the brain around here, because that makes way more sense than these guys being generous enough to stop on their five hour trip back from <laughs> Las Vegas to bring us some beer to the office. No, 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 mm-hmm. no. No, that, yeah, the leftover beer thing, that makes a whole lot of sense. But uh, remember, you can have as much leftover Four Peaks Brewing Company beer as you want. Find them near you if you don't make your way down to the Four Peaks Brewing Company uh, 8th Street Pub, which is where we tend to be and broadcast from. It has wonderful food. Uh, you can get Four Peaks Brewing Company beer at a local retailer near you, whether it is a convenience store, liquor store, uh, grocery store, it doesn't matter, wherever you get your beer. Find them buy them uh they have been in the mix since 96 here in the valley and they are my favorite beer that's one thing that's beautiful about these sponsors jesse i read these ad reads and i just get excited every time because we here at phnx not only sponsor local companies you know and good companies right everybody everybody loves four peaks brewing company when i talk to people around town OG's is the number one selling gummy in the state of arizona but I love these products myself. These are things that I would be consuming with or without this show. So I am once again, shout out to marketing max for hooking us up with sponsors that are incredible and that we enjoy uh, not only to, uh, read about and talk about, but also enjoy consuming, uh, and that's me, Jesse. uh Jesse's, dry, I'm Jesse's cracked open a few Four Peaks Brewing Company beers himself. He has enjoyed them, and he's surprised every time. I think that <laughs> Jesse can handle more than I'm giving him because he almost is disappointed in me when I feel the need to bring him like a light beer or
1: a. Uh, you gave beer me or like something. the lightest, like, yeah, fruitiest. You gave me the lightest fruitiest beer ever hey. when we were broadcasting from Four Peaks and I was slightly offended by it. So ah, I, I was it was it my it was my decision. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it was absolutely <laughs> your decision. <laughs> even even Emma even Emma was like, "Really?"
0: Uh, uh. <laughs> Yeah, Emma knows what she's talking about, so we should listen to Emma for sure. But uh, we, Jesse, we are going to need plenty of Four Peaks Brewing Company beer at the office. I'm glad that they stocked up because we are going to be there for our draft selection show this Sunday. We are excited to not only be doing our uh, final d post-series wrap-up before the All-Star break that day, but we will also be bringing you our special extended episode of our live post-series show where we will be talking about not only who the Diamondbacks selected, but we'll also be talking about the other selections around baseball, who some of the other teams got, uh, how things are shaping up. The Baltimore Orioles with the number overall uh, w- number one overall pick right now are a hot topic uh, amongst baseball, and obviously they have a big impact on us, Jesse. I will say that it's kind of incredible what they have going for them right now considering that this baltimore orioles team is one game over 500 right now and yeah. they have the number 1 pick in this year's draft that's got to that's got to be a pretty good feeling as far as you know the future is concerned for that team
1: yeah i mean it's it's crazy to think right i mean less than a year ago it was like the orioles and the d-backs were just sort of in their own world and then there was everyone else Tank season baby <laughs> yes, yes, right. Exactly. And uh and and yeah, things have things have turned around, you know, big time for the Diamondbacks this season, but they've turned around in even more dramatic fashion for the Orioles as some of their young, exciting prospects have broken into the majors. Um, and yeah, they do have, you know, the number one overall pick in this draft, which I know some people are are probably still better about the whole Josh Van Meter uh walk-off home run situation. Derek, maybe you're maybe you're among them. Um but we did both go to that game, and we sat in the stands that day. So I, I feel like we were probably responsible in some way for that. But, of course. <laughs> of course we are. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, the Orioles obviously hold all the cards, but nobody really knows what they're going to do, Derek. And, and they certainly are not going to release this information publicly whatsoever. They're not going to leak it to anyone. Most likely, from what I've heard, we're going to know who the Orioles are going to pick probably about five minutes before they officially make that pick. There's not going to be much advance notice um, as far as what their plans are. And, uh, and and it makes, you know, I guess in some ways that makes things difficult for the D-backs, but um, the good news here is there's probably about five or six players that are in the mix for the number one overall pick, and that means that the Diamondbacks are still in really good shape at number two.
0: I agree, and I don't know if the Orioles end up reaching... For someone that they've been connected to, like Tamar Johnson, I know Brooks Lee' name, and these are guys that are lower than the top three considered, or at least the what most consider to be the top three picks, which would be Drew Jones, Jackson Holiday, and Elijah Green. Uh, I don't know why I am fearful of the Diamondbacks ending up with Jackson Holiday. He's uh, an an incredible athlete. He's got above average power when it comes to his you know, is swing at the plate and he's got a great arm. He's very fast. Uh, obviously the son of Matt holiday, which has been discussed a bit. I just think that there is something that is incredibly um, attractive still about Elijah green. And this is all just if the, if the Orioles happen to end up taking drew Jones with the first overall pick, if they don't, the diamondbacks need to take, Drew Jones. I mean, oh, yeah. this guy has no weaknesses in his game, Jesse. He's just an incredible uh, outfielder, and I, I, I think that I don't know the couple of these guys. Yeah, the Diamondbacks, no matter what, are going to end up with with a very good player. But I think a couple of these guys are going to go on to be uh, elite superstars in baseball, and that's such a difference between you know just drafting a good player.
1: Yeah, and it, it is interesting that like we're not really talking about any pitchers, right? I mean, like the first pitcher, at least according to MLB Pipeline, 11th. Is, is ranked 11th. Yeah, yeah. It's, there's it's not even really, a
0: pitcher in the top 10. That's crazy.
1: It's it's a pretty weird situation, but um, but yeah, I think you're right. I mean, Drew Jones, Jackson Holliday, Elijah Green, I think Tamar Johnson and Brooks Lee are probably the other guys who are in the mix for those top two picks, Um. As far as what the Orioles do, Derek, there's a lot of interesting elements here. Um, The Orioles actually made a trade to acquire a competitive balance pick between rounds two and three, and so they're pretty stacked with picks here. Um, They have the number one overall pick, they have the first pick in the second round, of course, and then they have a competitive balance pick both between the first and second rounds and between the second and third rounds, so... They're like utterly stacked with draft picks. And so what a lot of people are thinking they might do is try to go under slot with their first overall selection in order to leave them some extra money to spend on some of those other guys that they have near the top of the draft. Uh, Theoretically, from their perspective, you know, they could come away with four like near first round talents from this draft. But in order to pull that off, they're probably going to need to save some slot money somewhere. And so they might look into doing that with their first overall pick. Um, So does that eliminate at least
0: Drew Jones, Jackson holiday and Elijah green, considering where they are ranked on the, in the draft or or how, how do you see that working into who they could take with the first pick?
1: I think, yeah, I think Drew Jones for sure. Jackson holiday, probably Elijah green has slipped on some people's boards. You might yeah, be able to get like, fifth or sixth on some people's boards even. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Which you might I, be able to get some sort of a discount there, but a guy like Brooks Lee, um, coming out of college, uh, he doesn't have the ceiling that some of the other guys do and not to say he's not still a really good player. Um, if the Orioles went with a guy like Brooks Lee, they might be able to cut a deal. That's, you know. a a decent margin below slot value. And and that would allow the Orioles to have more flexibility later on. So that's definitely something to watch.
0: Do you think Elijah green slipped due to performance at the combine?
1: Yeah, I think, I think Elijah green is just, there have always been some questions um, about just his ability to avoid swing and miss. There's just always been a lot of swing and miss there for him. Um, and of course, is you know, as you're as you're elevating, as you're facing guys with higher velocity, um, you know, as you're facing guys with better braking stuff, um, swing and miss can become a really big problem really quickly. And and for a lot of top prospects, you know, that's the reason that they never really become what people think they can become. Um so I, I think because of that, there's there's a concern with Elijah Green, and there always has been uh but there's a concern um based on his recent performance as well that um that swing and miss is starting to show more and more as he faces better velocity as he faces better breaking stuff um and so you know there's there's quite a bit of concern there about his ability to to put it all together at the big league level you
0: got a lot of sons of of athletes up there at the top and i don't we know do. why but that te- like especially lately I think that's a good sign. I, I think that having that in the family and understanding what it takes to be uh, a superstar, because all those guys, Matt Holiday, Andrew Jones, Eric Green, these guys were all respectfully or, you know, uh, respectively uh, talents that were at the top of their game at one point uh, with their with their sports. But uh, does there, is it, I mean, is there any concern with taking Jackson Holiday or any of the other shortstops? considering what the diamondbacks already have as far as youth and in that position, we already have Perdomo playing there. Now, uh, Nick Ahmed still isn't gone. And then we still have obviously Lawler waiting in the mix. So, you know, what is is there a a reason to not take a shortstop or, or if Jones goes is Jackson holiday, the, the pick since the diamondbacks really want to focus on getting the best available talent.
1: Yeah, I think I think best available is definitely the name of the game. I don't think they would pass on Jackson holiday because, you know, they have Jordan Lawler, who's who's close to the majors. Um, But I do think that, you know, I do think it's very open to interpretation who, you know, the best available talent is. That's Um, very true. (laughs) And so a name that I have heard a lot of people gushing about is Tamar Johnson, um, who. I've heard people say that Tamar Johnson is basically at a college level as far as his ability to hit. Sure. Um, people say that he has the best hit tool of any high school kid they've seen in like more than a decade. yeah, um, yeah. yeah, so
0: that's, and that's something, especially considering the Orioles timeline that would make a lot of sense, especially uh, it would make a lot of sense to see them focus on college kids with those remaining picks that they have as well, just because it seems like their timeline is expedited a bit and they, they kind of need to get guys that are a bit closer to, you know, being ready for the majors.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Their their timeline definitely is expedited. That's true. Um, And they do have a theme of kind of going with like best available college kid. Um, They've, they've done that for a few years now at the, at the top of the draft. So, um, but yeah, Tamar Johnson is kind of interesting from a D backs perspective. Um, Just because he kind of like, he kind of fits the mold. I mean, if you think about who the Diamondbacks have taken near the top of the draft the last few years, they're usually like smaller guys, right? Yeah. Like Corbin yeah. Carroll is still listed at 5'10", 165. Tamar Johnson is listed at 5'10", 175. He's um, the
0: smallest guy in the entire first round, essentially, or as far as. Uh, no, there's Jet Williams is 5'8", so there's another there's another <laughs> little guy. It is funny, though, to go through some of the weaknesses of some of these other players and find out that so many of them are quote-unquote undersized, and like a lot of them are six feet and taller, right? So it's like the undersized yeah. has a bit to do with their weight being like 175 pounds or less, but like come on man that's that these are these are literally high school kids like if 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 you're six feet tall (laughs) and you're 150 pounds soaking wet i'm not that worried about it because i i'm i'm pretty sure especially getting to this point in your career that now is when you're going to start putting on size and weight and, and getting bigger right so um but you know like you said tamar johnson he's not big in stature he's he is uh, closer, closer to my height. Which, hey, that means I we got to champion our short game.
1: <laughs> the more, uh, the more five ten guys we can get in here, Derek. The better, the better. off we'll be, right? <laughs> yeah, the better, the better. The it looks makes me look better in the clubhouse.
0: That's all. I mean, I don't like standing <laughs> next to Madison Bumgarner for multiple reasons, but the main one is his height. Uh, Tamar Johnson is committed to Arizona State, which is kind of True. interesting. You know, so again, yeah. that kind of goes with what you were saying about him almost seeming like the perfect fit for the Diamondbacks, but not really, at least in, from my perspective, the guy who I want them going after considering the other, you know, talent that is in the top five of this draft. But it's it's like you said, it's all perspective.
1: So so, Derek, what kind of reaction are we looking at if, if the Diamondbacks? Uh, we'll we'll say the Orioles don't take Drew jo- uh, Drew Jones, but then the Diamondbacks also decide not to take Drew Jones, and they go with. Oh, I'm Jones breaking some someone. Shit. You're I'm gonna break. Okay.
0: My reaction.
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: I'm I, I will be un- untethered is what I will be, Jesse. I will be, <laughs> uh, I I will be upset in a way that you probably haven't seen me. I, I don't know what to say. And this, uh, obviously, Elijah Green was my guy. I made memes about that. That was one of the main reasons why I was so <laughs> mad the Diamondbacks lost the first pick uh, last year. But things change, and especially getting to like see Drew Jones more and getting to hear more about him, I can't. I, I mean, I don't know how you couldn't be excited about this guy. I don't know how the Orioles could pass him up, I mean, to be honest. It's going to be one of those things that if teams do pass up on Drew Jones, he is going to make them regret passing up he's going to be one of those guys where if they look back in the draft years from now they're going to be like holy shit did you know drew jones went third in his draft that's crazy right it's going to be one of those like situations because i think he is a elite level talent and i think this draft though does have a lot of good players in it i think this draft has a lot of great players in it potentially great players so uh another thing i'm sure we'll look back on in the future is how many superstars of the future we you know were taken in this particular draft the diamondbacks have to do what they have to, what's best for their game plan which i'm not privy to i don't know what they're going for and i don't know what their thought process is for a guy coming into the uh, into their organization now that won't make an impact on the major league team until what 2026 Something like right? that, probably. So
1: yeah, maybe later.
0: It's it's hard to predict the future and forecast like that. Uh, I mean, even my thought process about Jordan Lawler being there and being the shortstop of the future is short-sighted, probably, compared to how the organization is looking at things. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I, don't, I don't imagine it's going to be a very positive reaction if Drew Jones is still on the board when the Diamondbacks select and they don't take him but you guys can watch it live because I'm going to be in studio with Jesse and you'll get to see <laughs> my reaction. We'll be there. We'll be going on about 15 minutes before the draft starts and the Diamondbacks game will most likely, uh well, pretty guaranteed it will still be going on at that point. So we will be covering that game after it ends. The draft starts at 4 p.m. on Sunday. So join us at 4 because that's where we will be. Uh, we'll be there at 345. I think that's what time we're starting at. So join us at 345. We'll talk a little bit about some of the top prospects. We'll speculate on who we'll see taken. Uh, we might get that information about the Baltimore Orioles maybe a little bit m- before five minutes before the draft, but who knows? Jesse might be right about that. Might be very close to the best. I'm sure there'll be people ruining it on Twitter, so we'll be assisting with that and telling you what the draft picks are beforehand. I'm sure, but uh, join us. We'll be having a good time and we would love for you guys to be there with us in the chat uh, as we are in studio. Uh, Speaking of which uh, we get all of this, we get all of this, these ideas from you guys in our members only discord. And if you're not a member already, make sure to sign up, for a membership at gophnx.com, you can get yourself an annual membership, which will get you a free T-shirt, just like the one I'm wearing that you can't see right now. Uh, and it's a shirt of your choosing from the phnxlocker.com. If you don't get that annual membership, you can get the month-to-month option, option and you'll get your first month for just 50 cents. Uh, regardless of the membership you choose, you will get access to our members-only Discord, as well as members-only discounts over at the phnxlocker.com. I know we're not trying to look past this series with the Padres. And I know at this point, after the Diamondbacks lost this past series to the Giants, things look a bit bleak, not as uh, not as happy, fun times as it was there after the first game one win against the Giants. Uh, what are your thoughts on this series and how important it is in determining what the Diamondbacks do as the trade deadline approaches, Jesse?
1: I don't know if I mean I don't know if this series in particular is necessarily that important, you know, there's still a couple weeks of games to play before um before the trade deadline even after the All-Star break. Um but yeah, I mean the D-backs would you'd like to see them get things back on track here. Um I think it's going back to May 10th. The Diamondbacks are 22 and 36. Um which is rough. It doesn't feel like we're watching a team that has been quite that bad over the last month and a half. Right. Um, but it's been it's been pretty bad. Um, I guess that's two months, really. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you've got Madison Bumgarner, you Darvish on Friday. You've got Tyler Gilbert, Sean Minaya on Saturday and then Merrill Kelly and uh, Mike Clevenger on Sunday. So you're not getting any breaks, Derek. I mean, Darvish, Minaya, Clevenger, it doesn't get much worse than that, <laughs> facing the San Diego no. Padres. And, and it you know, Leveneur's like- still fucking fired up. You know, he's still fired up. He's going to have the yeah. best game of the season on yeah. that
0: final game before the All Star break. I what think. is
1: What is interesting is that um, I don't know what their plan is, but Gonzo has been, you know, doing the uh, the. A uh, color commentary on the TV side during the Giant series. So I'm curious. I'm guessing that Gonzo will probably continue into the padre series. We, of course, all know about how Bob Brenly and Mike Clevenger don't see eye to eye on things. Right. So maybe that's for right. the best.
0: Revisiting that, I think we talked about this off air, but I'm not sure if we talked about it on air. Yeah, I'm not, just, I'm just not.
1: a little bit. We we didn't talk about it much on air.
0: I'm not. I'm not attacking Mike Clevenger for the way that he does things, but I guess I'm a bit surprised considering that obviously as an unorthodox style on the mound, uh, I'm surprised that he would get as upset as he did at Bob Brenly for some comments that they made about it, looking like him dancing and whatever it was that they said. Right. I know they had jokes in the booth. I know they had jokes on the radio side because I was listening to that game on the radio side. Uh, I believe if I'm not mistaken, Mike Farron, was on the call during that series and you know none of it was like bashing the guy it was just kind of i think innocent fun poking at the fact that he does yeah you know a, a little you know march i think that there was some discussions about you know what what is and isn't a bach considering that he has that you know unorthodox approach but clementer got very upset about the things that were said. And the thing I find amazing is for a pro athlete to want to challenge an elderly man to a fight essentially, because that's what it sounded like he was doing there. And as if that makes anything better, like, wouldn't you think that somebody that has something like an, uh, uh, on the mound style like Clevenger does, wouldn't you think he would be used to hearing stuff like that by this point and not have it affect him the way it did?
1: Yeah, I, um, I, I don't know it, it, that whole situation was just pretty strange. Um, it didn't, it didn't seem like either Bob Brenly or Mike Farron really were, I don't know. My initial impression, Derek, was that Mike Clevenger was kind of getting up in arms about, about, yeah, yeah,
0: because they weren't being malicious. They weren't really like going in on him. They were just, they had some jokes about it because Yeah. It's kind of funny, it I it mean, is. yeah, it, it,
1: yeah, like when you watch Mike Clevenger pitch, like you can't help but sort of have those thoughts come to mind, and I don't think they're necessarily right. negative. They're just like that's what you he see, looks like, like- a cat making muffins, Jesse. I mean, that you is, know, you know, making that is a heck is, That is a heck of an analogy.
0: <laughs> but you know, where the cat does the little kneading thing on, like you, like goes over and starts doing sure, the little, sure. like that to me is kind. Of, he does that with like the little, little those feet, just the little like shuffle <laughs> thing. I mean, it, I, like that's what I'm saying is none of the comparisons, nothing to it is like, uh, like ah, oh, cl- that Clevenger's a cheater for doing what he does on the mound or something. Like none of it's like that. It's just, it's just funny people talking about him looking like he's doing a little dance little cha-cha out there or something like that right i i get it i mean sometimes you're sensitive about your shit and especially when you were effective on the mound against the diamondbacks like clevenger was i mean i would just think that you would let your performance do the talking for you instead of wanting to go on and and get all angry about it it's going to be interesting to see how that matchup takes because uh, like yeah Clevenger, I'm sure, is going to be fired up facing the Diamondbacks, but I wouldn't I'm be surprised sure. to see the Diamondbacks fired up a little bit to kind of come back and maybe, maybe,
1: you know, I don't know, put up for Brenly a little bit. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, do you do you think a team really feels that connection with its broadcaster to like defend <sighs> them?
0: With Bob Brenly and Greg Schulte, I think they do. Huh. I think if he would have called out Chris Gargiola, like guys on the team might not have even known. You know for sure, who he was talking about. Not to say they don't know Chris Gargiola. I'm just saying. They know his last name. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, Schulte and and Brenly, they're legendary within the organization. And I I don't know. I mean, I'm surprised at times how much of a part of the family everybody in a baseball stadium actually is, right? Like, these guys are friendly with, like, the grounds crew members and, you know, the clubhouse staff that, uh, you know, cleans the dirt out of their cleats and washes their jerseys and stuff. Like they, they, they all feel differently about these people because they're all around them all the time, you know, and friendly is, is a traveling, you know, broadcaster with them. I'm sure he's around the team quite a bit. So I, I don't know. I, I'm just thinking in general, like you and I feel the same way about it where Clevenger was a bit out of left field with being this, uh, you know, like this. And, uh, I, I, I think that there, there's just a, uh, I don't know, being bigger than it, right. Like sure you, you, you react that way. If somebody maybe directly attacked you or made an accusation of you, of your character or something, but not of the little approach you have to, to the plate when you're pitching, like that's something that I don't know. Uh, I, 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 like I said, I I still think that you would be used to that by now. There's lots of things people make fun about of me, uh, that I don't even, doesn't even affect me anymore, especially my close friends who are terrible, terrible people. And I hate them all, but they all make, uh, jokes about me that they've had for years. And again, shit just rolls off my back. I I, I would expect that to be the same as a major league level, but everybody's sensitive about their shit. I get it. Uh, The Diamondbacks somehow uh, get themselves in a position where they get swept. Does that that impact things, considering how badly this went right before the All-Star break? Do you start seeing, uh, do you think, and this is just in your opinion because we have no way of knowing this, but do you think that that kind of thing, especially with the All-Star break as this time off, and then with the trade deadline looming, do you think that impacts moves that could potentially be made for this team, or do you think that they are just going to be in the same mindset going into the trade deadline that they already are at this point considering they're 11 games under 500.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's going to change much. Um, I think that I think the D-backs are pretty clear at this point in terms of like the direction that they're going like the names they're willing to talk about the names that maybe they're not willing to talk about and it's probably more a matter of you know, which of those potential trades pan out and which ones don't uh we already know that there's interest in Gallon. Um, we know that the Diamondbacks would be interested in trading Bumgarner. Uh, and then we also know that some of their uh outfielders who are close to the major, some of their young outfielders have drawn interest as well. Um, then I imagine that, you know, they'll get calls about Joe Mantiply, they'll get calls about some of um, you know, maybe Ian Kennedy if he's able to get back healthy. But um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't think you know, it's this three game series is necessarily going to affect a whole lot in terms of the trade deadline. But I do think it's important just for the general, you know, uh, the, the, this time that we're entering in here, you know, with the all-star break is, is by far the longest time off that these guys have during the season. And so to enter that time period with, you know, getting swept by the Padres or something in San Diego, would would be, you know, a, a pretty unfortunate way to end the first half and go into that break. You'd like to go in there, you know, with a good taste in your mouth and um, and hopefully hopefully the D-backs are able to pull that off.
0: If you guys haven't done so already, please subscribe to our channel at PHNX Sports YouTube. Uh, if you're listening to us right now on your favorite audio podcasting app, please subscribe to us there as well. If you haven't done so already, uh, sign up for notifications on YouTube as well. So that way you don't miss whenever we go live. And also check out our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook. If you're a brand new customer, you can use our code of PHNX and you will get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 that you can use in whatever way you want to use it. Uh, I suggest using it on baseball. Make yourself a solid, solid bet. Use that risk-free bet to get something good, maybe something big in return. And if you uh, don't hit, you will get that money back as a free bet. Uh, join us over at the DraftKings Sportsbook because, of course, it makes baseball more fun. Same-game parlays, multiple-game parlays. You can go in and bet on every single game, money line, just all the way down, boom, 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 boom. Throw $5 on it and see what sticks. You never know over at the DraftKings Sportsbook. The more legs you add, the more money you win, the more value you get out of that uh, that bet. So make sure to keep an eye on that as well there's also live in-game betting that fluctuates that's kind of fun sometimes you can uh find something kind of popping up like i was doing the other night just betting a bunch of unders all across the board uh on games that were in the eighth and ninth inning i only lost on one guess one which one it was jesse
1: Um, which one? Just it was the Arizona Diamondbacks. It was the Arizona Diamondbacks.
0: They're the only one to let me down because you know that's what they do lately. But uh, of course, make sure to use our code of PHNX over at the DraftKings Sportsbook, and you will get that risk-free bet up to one thousand dollars. Thank you guys again so much for checking out the show and for being a part of that, uh, and for using the DraftKings Sportsbook. If you've already done so already, I'm sure you guys uh, have already made some money over there. But Again, that's promo code PHNX, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Speaking of DraftKings, before I let you go, I got to give you guys my DraftKings pick of the week. And of course, I'm swinging for the fences this time. We're going with the Arizona Diamondbacks game against the Padres. And I'm going to give you a four-pick parlay with a value of plus 950. So we'll see if we can finally... uh, Get to the creamery, as Sean DePaz would say. By the way, shout out to Sean DePaz. Happy birthday to our friend from the ASU uh, show. The four-pick parlay I'm giving you, uh, under seven and a half for total runs. I'm taking Alec Thomas, the young king, to get a hit. I'm taking you Darvish to throw seven-plus strikeouts against the Diamondbacks. And I'm taking, taking the over first inning total runs at half, so uh, one run or more in that game. Confidence level is not very high against you, Darvish. So uh, your mileage may vary there, but my value I'm getting on that, like I said, is plus 950. That's all I got. This is our last uh, show until Sunday. So we want to make sure to remind you to join us on Sunday. Uh, We're going to be all over the place. We're going to be in the discord. We're going to be on YouTube comments. Join us in whatever way you can uh, send us questions. We'll do like mailbag stuff. We'll do everything. We're going to go for like two hours where we'll see how long we can, we can drag this thing out for maybe the fir- whole first round, maybe the competitive balance selection. I don't know. We have no idea how long these teams are going to be on the clock, but Jesse and I have nothing to do, but discuss the draft. Uh, I'm going to bring energy drinks to go along with the Four Peaks Draft uh, Brewing Company beers that I'm going to have over there. Uh, And we are going to make sure to bring you the best Arizona Diamondbacks draft coverage that you can get anywhere. Remember, they're going to be covering the game over there. We're going to be covering the draft. So make sure to join us on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. We will be there starting at 3.45 p.m. on Sunday. We thank you guys again so much. For joining us you can follow us on twitter until then i am at cap underscore caveman with a k jesse is at jesse and friedman our show is at phnx underscore dbacks but of course all roads lead to at phnx underscore sports on twitter instagram and facebook on behalf of jesse and myself we thank you guys again so much for your time and remember kids baseball is fun but it's so much more fun when you draft drew jones